everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. I reached out to you because I saw a post yeah. that you had, and I want to I want to get into that. But first of all, in, introduce introduce yourself and tell me all about you, and I'll probably have some questions. Okay, there. perfect. So so this is a three hour long podcast. Oh my. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, definitely um, born and raised small town, Minnesota. My dad was a teacher and he's a workaholic, which I think I kind of got a lot of what he had because he could not take his summers off and not do anything. So he said, I think I'll, I'll do photography because that's, you know, I can do all the senior pictures in the summer and the weddings in the summer. So he actually started a photography business. We lived in a house in the woods, you know, by a river and a small town. He was like the only photography in town and, and our studio was in our home. So, um, so I grew up with a dark room in my house and, uh, I was always, I was one of three. So I was the only girl. So he always grabbed me to do lighting tests and, oh, there's a beautiful sunset, grab me and we'd run and do a sunset. So I kind of grew up with the love of, of photography and always holding a camera in my hands. And I was, I went more the art route, uh, graphic design, but, um, after college, life took a big turn and brought me to Guatemala because my parents started uh, a project for a nonprofit in Guatemala. And so they invited me to go down after they had been about a year to do some photography and video for with their children and their project to kind of market uh, their project. And so I went down and one thing led to another and I ended up down there married and having children. So I was down there for eight years. And um, unfortunately, um, I was in a marriage that wasn't working out. And so I knew I needed to start something on my own. And photography was just what I knew I wanted to do. Mm. So um, his job took us to Miami. And as soon as we landed in Miami, I started planning and knew I wanted to do photography. So I leaped off a cliff. I didn't know a ton about, I didn't know anything about running a business. And um, I knew a little bit about taking pictures and borrowed some of my dad's old Norman lights, you know, with the big heavy <laughs> thing that you plugged all yeah. the lights in Oh yeah. and started out in our house in Miami. And I didn't know a soul. So I kind of just started from scratch and, and grew slowly. But as I grew, um, it was about two years, I had enough clients that I had got a studio. And as soon as I had a studio in a very cool part of Miami, um, my business just flourished. And I had so many clients. And I did more of the hand-painted, black and white kind of artsy. Mm -hmm. And back then... It was a lot of male photographers who kind of shunned against anyone that did anything more artsy. You had to have, you know, take 10 minutes to pose someone and have the Rembrandt lighting and just everything be so perfect. And here I am with people on the beach dancing and singing. And um, <laughs> I just took a whole different approach. So um, I wasn't taken seriously by their photographers. So I really didn't get involved in, in any um 
any groups or anything, but I, I really grew my business to be very busy. And um, after our divorce, um, my my ex-husband was going to move back to Guatemala. So I knew I wanted to come back up to Minnesota with my kids. Mm. Um, a lot of his family lives up here in Minnesota and my whole family. And it's Miami's not really a place I wanted to raise the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually sold my business to a client of mine. Um, I was just talking to her one day saying, yeah, I'm going to be moving. I think I might sell my business. She said, well, I might be interested. So she talked to her husband the next day. She says, I'm in. So she followed me for three months and um, I was able to just kind of hand it off to her and moved up to Minnesota in 2001 and took the summer off to kind of hang out with the kids. And September, when they went back to school, I went to the studio to start painting when 9-11 happened. So that kind of, um, you know, that kind of was a very interesting time. But I just started growing my business from scratch up here in Minnesota. You started again, right? I started again. Yep. Started with a, in a small Victorian house, um, in a lovely area in near Lake Minnetonka and, um, and it grew pretty quickly. So then I outgrew that house and moved into a bigger studio. And, um, and about eight years after that, or four years in the big studio, the overhead was just killing me. I was doing 250 Mm. seniors by myself in three, four months in the summer. And it was just absolutely killing me to the point where I was just like a robot, you know, just four or five sessions a day, one back to back. And I realized I wasn't, I I was enjoying it because I love what I do, but I felt like I wasn't really present. I was just one after the other. And I wasn't really making those connections like I wanted to make. So I literally made the decision like one night, that I needed to let go of the studio and find a different way. So, um, so I literally had a weekend where I sold everything. I sold all my lights. I sold all my backdrops because I wasn't at that point, I wasn't even into strobes anymore. I wanted all natural light. And so I sold everything and I went into a studio share in Northeast Minneapolis, which is a really cool art district here in mm-hmm. Minneapolis. And so I did a studio share where I just was able to rent time when I needed it. And it's a beautiful lot, big windows, got wood floors and the brick walls and stuff. So I absolutely loved that and got rid of my overhead, like basically to nothing. Um right. Because then I office out of my home, which I love doing too. And after about three years, I realized I really missed having a place to meet my clients other than a coffee shop or, um, you know, some random place. And so I found a little spot near where I live in um, in Minneapolis, Linden Hills, and I got a little little office space that I walked to a couple blocks away that I was able to brand and put in all my all of my, my images on the wall, big TV to, you know, meet with my clients. And, um, and it's got a little porch that I use as a little mini studio sometimes. And, um, so that's my setup now. And I absolutely love not having that overhead, although I would love to have a big studio and, you know, not bring my stuff up and down the stairs, you know, every time I do a session and I have a studio closet with that's huge. It's got over 300 dresses and that's just for my clients and my seniors. I have that one in my house and that's all the trendy stuff that's in my house. I'd love to have a place for all that, but 
I don't want the price tag that comes with it in the area that I want my studio. But I love where I'm at right now with my You're business. You're in a great spot. I love that oh, area. Yeah, it's just, it's wonderful. It's very yeah. central. And, um, you know, and a few years ago, I started um, adding in the strobes and wanted to do the more fine artwork because I wanted to stand out against the shoot and burners. You know, mm-hmm. and that's one way that that I realized that I could bring art into my photography and um, offer something that shoot and burners can't. So I started that. And then with that, I started the um, awards and accreditation with the portrait masters and um, thought, well, maybe I'll try the local award, you know, and I just never had the desire to do it before because I thought that meant I needed to have like all the letters behind my name, which wasn't really interested to me, but, but I realized that through the awards and accreditation, it made me such a better photographer. You know, I started learning what made a great image versus a good image. And um, it really lit a fire under me to kind of start really creating art. And so I now I offer that, that you just got client. your fellow through them, right? I did. Oh my gosh. I'm just so excited. Yeah. Through That's the portrait a big deal. masters. That's a big deal. Yeah. I was excited when I got masters and I said, Oh no, I'm not stopping now. I'm going to get fellows. So, <laughs> so it took me a year to, cause it's a double jump from to get a master's, to get a fellow. And there's nine of us in the whole world because this is an international right thing. And so I'm very, I'm very proud and very humble, but, um, but yeah, I'm excited to be a part of that. So let me ask you about awards for a second. You, you've said some things that have, I've got piqued my interest in a few different spots, but I want to talk about awards real quick because I, I feel as though I have experienced both sides of the spectrum. I have experienced people that I feel like are so award centric Uh that they miss out on some things, right? Like if you get so caught up in the awards themselves, Uh I think you can miss the point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And on the other end of the spectrum, I hear probably more often, oh, I don't care about awards. Awards don't mean anything. Your clients don't care, blah, 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 blah. But you said something that I thought really hit the nail on the head. It made you a better photographer. It made you... Yeah. a better artist. And I feel as though mm-hmm. like you get to a certain point, right? And I and I think that there's this progression, right? As you go along. And I feel like when you get to the point where that, where you've learned a bunch and you've got a ton, because you've had, you've got a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. You've been there yep. and done that in a lot of yeah. ways. And yet the, these awards and, and going through the portrait master's process, right. From mm-hmm. masters to fellow now even has made you a better photographer has made you a better yep. artist. And maybe those increments aren't giant leaps or giant bounds relative to how you learned at the beginning. Of course, you had so much more to learn, right. but they're still so important because don't you think that the separators are kind of like, between you and anybody else, even your competition or even anyone else, those separators, it's like the devil's in the details, yeah, right? Absolutely. Right? And, and you add those up and two becomes six becomes eight becomes nine different things that you learned or that you've been able to tweak and improve mm-hmm. upon. And all of a sudden you're really, really at another level. 
Is that yeah, fair to say? Absolutely. And like like I said, I for 25 years, I, I just didn't need to be in the awards because I, I wasn't about winning awards right. until I realized that there was another side and that was the learning yes. process. Right. And, um, and I think that's what I excites me the most. And it allows me to, to be creative, like during a session. Yeah, I can be creative, but we also have the limits of what the client wants and what the client yeah. brings to wear. And, you know, so I absolutely love the process of creating a session for myself where I get to style it and I get to, you know, pick the models and, and, do the story behind it. And, and that to me being a creative has, I mean, I can't sleep the night before one of those sessions because I am so excited and You're I'm like, so Oh my gosh, I'm going through my brain. Like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to shoot? And I'm so excited. So, so I realized that there was a need in, in my soul to create this type of art for, for the awards. And, and that's why I do it for myself, just because that fills my soul. But I do it for my clients because of what you said. It makes makes my images better. And a client might not understand what makes a, a, an image better than the other, but they know what makes. Mm. They, when they see it, they know it. And um, well, yeah, that's, so, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, it's not mm -hmm. even that you can put your finger on. Right. What's what what you've even learned, because a lot of times we don't even right. know. We don't know what we don't know. But a lot of times as you progress, you don't even realize the different yeah. things that you're ingesting and that you then right. incorporate. It's such a, like you said, such a slow process that yeah. eventually my images went from here to there. And it's like, OK, that it is like a. you don't realize until you look back. Yeah. And you're like, you look back wow. three years and you're like, I have, I am a lot better than what I used to be. Yeah. Like right? even the, the first images that I entered in portrait masters, I think it was fall of 2017. Yep. I looked back at my first two, um, two rounds with, and I thought, Oh my gosh, that those are horrible. <laughs> I just laughing because I didn't know I've had never entered any type of thing. So I didn't, I didn't know about that stuff. So, so that, that was a learning, but um, yeah, it, it's been a fun process. Let me ask you this. And this is the other thing that came to my mind as you were telling your story, you have your, I, I see you as a, as a bit unique in a lot of ways, but one of them is, is that you have started two businesses mm -hmm. from scratch yep. in two different areas of the country that are, that are not alike in a lot of ways. Not at all. Right. Not at like all. there's a lot of, it's not like you went from Fargo to Bismarck. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you went from Miami to Minneapolis. So lots yeah. of ways that those two, also two very different times in your life. And then the mm -hmm. second time you had all the experience of the first time. Right. I was wondering if you could shed some light on how those two different, just from a general standpoint, how the, how the experience of doing that um, was so different both times and, and what sort of um, challenges did you have that were so unique to both spots? Well, they were day and night basically because when I was in Miami, um, I was all film and oh, that too. There, yeah, that I was all too. film. There was not, there wasn't internet and you know, internet was just starting. <laughs> too. So there was no computers. Um, wow. Wow. there were, there was no education, really. There was nowhere for me to go to, to do a workshop or there was a couple workshops way back when. Um, but there, yeah, I mean, I could just 
go on and YouTube and watch a video no. or a creative no. live or nothing. No. Um, and in Miami, they didn't do high school seniors at all. I, in fact, I think they still don't. Um, and so it was just a very different, it was a very organic, you know, hustle, very organic. Mm. But, um, but once you, once I hit my stride, it just, I did kids and families. That's pretty much all I did. Right. Someone talked me into doing a wedding once. I didn't want to do them. And I was a yes person back then. <laughs> and so I started doing weddings and like by Thursday, I was like, oh my gosh, I have a wedding this weekend. And I loved the events when I was there. I loved it, but there yeah. was so much pressure yes. and I just wasn't set up to do weddings. And so I just, I did a handful of those, but so and so when I was getting ready to leave Miami in 2000, 2001, digital was just kind of coming on the scene. And, mm -hmm. you know, like the back of your can the new cameras were like 30, 40 grand, you know, because yep. I had a Mamiya and I think the back was like, maybe it went down to 15,000, but I didn't trust it because I didn't understand it. To me, digital it. was what people were getting off their little tiny cameras and were all pixelated. Mm -hmm. And so when I moved to Minnesota, I was um, still film, medium format, and but I started seeing these images that were just beautiful, and they just had these glow to them. And I'm like, what filter are they using? So I'm like, you know, buying all kinds of filters for my camera, and, <laughs> you know. And you don't get to retouch film, you know. It is kind of what it is, which is the art nowadays. People like that as part of the art of it. Right. But um, once I started learning about digital. Um, I went to a, um, a, a workshop and they started, they were talking about, I saw all these beautiful images on the wall. And when the speaker started, he, it was all digital and Photoshop. So I literally went home and I'm like, oh my God, I have to learn how to use a computer. Yeah. <laughs> I have to buy new cameras. I have to buy software. And so, but I did, I went literally cold turkey and, um, so, but it was about 2004. So that I did that, I made that change. I trusted in it. And I'm like, that's it. That's where I have to be. Normally I like to be on the cutting edge of technology, but technology and me are great friends all the time. So, <laughs> so I, um, yeah, I, so I started and um, haven't looked back. And as an artist, digital has really changed the game a lot. And then, you know, the, all the work, learning and, and making myself better and, getting to add high school seniors, which is sort of the bulk of my, my, my business right now. Um, you know, and then starting out already Benny, in that process, I didn't, I didn't really have fear the first time in Miami either. Mm. I, I'm not a fearful person. I just jump and I do. And it just luckily it works out. I think maybe that's where my faith comes in, but in Minnesota, I wasn't fearful. I just, I, I just never doubted it. I just knew it was going to work out. So you out. weren't and scared either time. No, I wasn't. And for me, it was do or die. Like, especially in Minnesota, I was a single mom. I mean, I had two kids right. in middle high school and I didn't have a choice to just, you know, hang out and relax and, you know, kind of do it at a slow pace. I, it was, you know, it was all or nothing. And I have such a passion for what I do. And, and, you know, after 27 years, I love it more than, probably I did when I started. And I think having a passion for what you do um, helps not having that fear to, you know, yeah, little things. I had fear over little things, but, you know, I just dealt with them and got over them. But in the big scope, I just, I don't know. I just did it. 
And it's, how do you avoid the burnout? And, and I ask because yeah. you've said the passion word, you've used the passion word, mm-hmm. which is good. Um, but I'm always in my mind, I have a red flag that goes up because I, first of all, if you are doing for a living, what you're passionate about, that's awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm but I'm always leery about it in that. What if your passion you know, becomes something that you get burned out on. And then all of a sudden, yeah, well, yeah, right. And then, Mm -hmm. and then you're doing for a living what once you were passionate about, but now you can't stand. And I'm asking because I've seen it and I I, did it. Yeah. So how do you, 27 years is a lot longer than most also, right? Yeah. How, how have you sustained that? You know, I wish I knew that people ask me that a lot because I do in lots of conversations with photographers, I see photographers get burned out so easy and I see those conversations and I just don't, I don't know why. (laughs) You just don't. You know, I wish I had a a great answer for you. (laughs) I am like, I am a very positive person. I mean, I literally don't, think negatively very often. And I think, I don't know, I guess maybe by the end of like a busy summer, you know, and in the fall, that's super busy here because our, our season here is compacted. I I do get a little burnt out, but not to any point where I don't love what I do. Right. Um, I think what I do, I just, I just love all all my clients and the process. I love the whole process of, um, doing the session and having fun with them. And I love the process of editing and, and transforming the images. And so I think I love all the, the whole process. I think what happens with a lot of photographers is when they get into photography, they think, Oh, this is fun. I just get to go take pictures of people and it's, right. and I'm going to make a lot of money. They don't realize that <laughs> that's 10% of what we do. Right. You know, right. 90% is having that the constant hustle of marketing you know, especially with seniors, because you have to get a new batch all the time, you know. Um, And it's, it's the technology, and it's the calling, and it's the the Photoshop, and it's the sales, people don't like sales, and it's the production, and it's like, and it's the fears that are in it. And so I think a lot of um, photographers get caught up in that 90% of what they don't love about photography. But um, I don't know. I just, I just love every, pretty much everything except the accounting, but I hand off what I don't enjoy. Like if, like in the beginning, when I started, I hated sales. I hated it. I would have given everybody everything because I just loved everybody. It's like, oh, they're my friends now. Let me just give them everything. And so I hired someone to do my sales for me. And I had someone do my sales up until I let go of my studio seven years ago. I think that's a fantastic solution for that issue. Oh, for anything you don't like, like if if people, if you don't love the editing process, send it, send it to a retoucher, you know? Um, I, and I think people, a lot of times, um, burn out also if they don't have the right balance between their home life, their family life and their work life. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, things get tough and then they're not seeing their family and so they're not reaping rewards or maybe they're not making as much as they want because they're undervaluing themselves. And so they feel like they're struggling to keep their head above water. Um, So there's a lot of reasons for burnout, but I, I, I've been lucky. I just, I haven't been burned out yet. I don't think it's luck though. 
I don't Annie. know. Maybe I don't it's just frame it's, of I mind. Don't, I don't think it's luck. Yeah. Now, luck might be a very small factor, but I have a, somebody told me, um, we talked about you at one point uh, quite a while ago, and they're like, you have to talk to Annie. She's so positive. She's one of the most positive oh. people I know. And I thought, I love well, that person. That, well, I can't remember who it was. I talked to <laughs> a lot of people and I don't ever, but I know that that happens. Yeah. It did happen. Somebody told me that about you. And I was, and I was, that was um, I- I- intriguing and encouraging to me. Yeah. And especially during this last year, you know, when you're having these conversations and somebody starts talking about how positive somebody is, I felt like I was drawn to that yeah. even more. It, and you brought it up yourself too. So I want to know, um, this might kind of tie into what it is that I, I, I also wanted to talk to you about, which was the connection piece. Mm-hmm. Um, why are you a positive person? Because I think a big piece of that is a choice. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's how you wake up in the morning and you have a choice. And and I choose to be happy and I choose to be positive and I choose to have, you know, faith in my life and, and I choose to be around positive people and I choose to give of myself. And, and I think in giving, I feel like I'm getting and I just have always been like that. And I don't understand. I don't understand negative people. I really don't like all, mm. you know, and, and when you're on Facebook and, and seeing so many conversations, I just don't understand people that wake up and are just like, Oh, this and all oh, that, you know, because I know that what happens in our life is a huge force of what we believe in and what we create. And, and I just, I've, always in my entire life, my, my parents, I grew up in a wonderful, happy home. And, and I just, I believe I just grew up with that. Maybe I got double positive genes. I don't know, but, um, from both but, sides, but it is a choice. It, it really is. I think even the person that's negative and sees the negative side of things can become positive, but it, I mean, it takes work and it takes faith and it takes trust. And, um, I just choose to look at the, at the happy. What do you say to the person, especially again, this past year, year and a half, been harder than most, right? I think foremost, it's been harder than most other years. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that. What do you say to the person that might, okay. Cause there, first of all, there's going to be someone that hears this and says to themselves, that's a bunch of baloney, whatever. Okay. Let them Everyone, because they're they're negative. They're the negative well, uh, ones. Sure, and and everyone's entitled to their own <laughs> right. opinion. Someone right. that says that that's where they're going to be. That's where they're going to be. Right. What do you say to the person that is struggling with negativity, mm-hmm. or or, or they're in a, they're in a hard spot or a rut or whatever they're at in their in their life right now, and they hear what you say, and it rings true to them, like they hear the truth in it, and right. they think to themselves. Yeah, that, that, that sounds about right, but I don't, I'm not there and I I don't know how to, and I don't know how to get there. Yeah. Yeah. What what sort of advice do you have for somebody that finds Um, themselves in that position? I would tell someone like that to maybe start journaling and um, journal positive things that are in their life. Just write down everything in your life that is so good. You know, and I think People like, I think, I honestly feel like negativity weighs more than positivity. 
in in people's minds that are negative because I think they could have 10 amazing things happen to them, you know, one day and one little negative thing happen and that's what they're going to concentrate on. focus on that one. Right. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. I feel projecting something out in the world, I think, the po- you know, happy and positive makes a bigger impact. But a person that will dwell on that negative, I think, will not see the positive. So I would just tell them to start writing down everything in their life that is really, really good. It sounds like and, you're talking about gratitude. Oh, you know what? That is so funny because that is a huge word for me. I do. Um, I do. When I pray, a lot of times I pray for people, but for myself, I just give myself moments of gratitude where I thank my creator for the good things that have happened to me. Like every day I try to take five minutes at the end of my day before I go to to bed and I just do prayers of gratitude and thanks and thankfulness. And I think that's a huge thing in, in a, a positive mindset too, is being grateful for the good. And, and one thing too, is you have to understand that not everything in life is going to be great and, and right. happy and things happen to us no matter how positive we are and how happy and how hard we try mm. things are going to happen that are negative in our life mm-hmm. but it's how we choose to face that and I've always faced it as a learning tool sort of like getting a bad score in an awards you know mm. I don't think of it as something horrible I think of it as a learning tool that oh I'm going to learn about that and learn what I did wrong so I can be better and so it's the same thing when you know, you're going through trials and, and, you know, maybe it's someone that's sick or maybe it's a year that's sick or maybe um, it's a business that's failing or this past year, maybe it was just some people needed to have people around them and they were stuck at home and, you know, just whatever it is in your life that is negative, just you have to trust in whatever, whoever you believe in that there's a reason for that to make you a better person and, and to concentrate on the good things, to concentrate on the beautiful people around you and what you can give to society. That's good. I have, um, I have a couple of kids and we talk about gratitude a lot. Mm -hmm. It's probably one of the, probably one of the biggest things that we discuss. And it sounds to me as though this mindset or this framework was passed to you from your mm-hmm. parents and you were, you were yep. fortunate in that. And mm-hmm. I feel like I could say the same thing about myself. How, what sort of measures do you take? I'm asking as a dad, mm-hmm. what sort of measures do you take to pass that framework, that mindset onto your, onto your children? Lead by example. Mm. Absolutely. You know, my kids tell me all the time how they got, positive things from watching me. It's not necessarily, I mean, we do have had, did have conversations. I mean, they're adults now and, you know, we still have conversations about that now and then, but growing up, I knew that it was, especially being from a divorced family. And Mm -hmm. when I moved to Minnesota, their dad was back in Guatemala. So, you know, there was, um, you know, I was kind of dealing with that as well and trying to keep them, um, keep them on a positive vibe that way as well. Um, but honestly, I do believe they see everything we do and yeah. they listen to everything we say and yeah. how we treat other people. And I remember teaching them, um, 
to do kindomosities. And I think it was a word I just made up. And so, and I said, that's just like random little things you do for people. Like when you see someone with their arms full, go help them open a door. Or just when you see someone in need, even if it's tiny, help them. And another thing I do is just random people, I will just compliment them on anything. Like you see someone in a store, like in your kind of shopping beside them, you know, say, oh my gosh, I love your scarf. That is so beautiful. And you will see people just perk up and just their eyes light up for just a one little comment. Maybe they've had a hard day or maybe no one has paid them a compliment in forever. And so I taught my kids that. And I remember a couple of times my kids coming home, it's like, oh my God, mom, I did a kind demosity today. <laughs> so, you know, it's lead by example. I and, love how you say the little things, because I think sometimes oh, it's easy for us to dismiss or convince ourselves, right? Not to take that little leap into saying something or doing something because we can convince ourselves, oh, it's not that big of a deal anyway. Oh, but I'm yeah. also struck by the other side of that in that, Isn't it something how little it takes to really make a huge difference in someone's day? Like that, you mentioned it, that little moment, you Mm -hmm. see it on their face, you see it in their expression, in their body language, in their whole countenance. And also when it happens to us, you know, every so often when someone does something or says, you know how that feels. Absolutely. It can change your whole day. Yeah, you start skipping and singing, you know, and I, I'm the kind of person I, I'd rather be on the giving side of that. I love making people happy and feel good. And so if I can, you know, change someone's outlook that day or change, Mm. you know, they might just go and do that to someone else. And then, you know, it kind of, kind of grows. When you say, is it kind, kind, say it again, kindomosity? Kindomosity. It's like generosity and a kindness and a generosity kind of in one word. So kindomosity. Kindomosity. Yeah. All right. Maybe maybe we'll make it a dictionary thing. Well, I'm going (laughs) to, you know, you've introduced something like that. It starts getting used enough. And then all of a sudden Webster's (laughs) is like, yeah, kindomosity. That's, that's a word now. There we go. Yep. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me this and uh, finish up with this. If you would, I would like to know, especially given your outlook now, and and getting to know you a little bit and the kind of person that you are what's how are you choosing to view this year we're about a quarter done mm-hmm. right and and your and your compressed big season is really on the horizon right yep. what are you doing um what are you thinking like how are you going into that this year all things considered um, you mean because of COVID or just in general? How all, I do- yes. All, yes. Yes. All of it. Um, COVID has not really changed how I've run my business. Um, yes, last year with our shutdown, I had literally just launched a campaign where I was going to photograph 50 women over the age of 50. It was my gift to women hmm. to um, sort of shed light on how amazing women are as they're aging because I think society kind of pushes us. I say us because I'm over 50 Mm -hmm. um, back. And, and I think women think that their, their value goes down. But um, my goal with this campaign was to show women that, that absolutely they are powerful, strong, and amazingly beautiful. And so I literally had 25 sessions on the books from mid-March, 
till June. And I think I did one and then they all got postponed. Oh. And, um, and so that was the, really the only thing that COVID really affected in my business, because by the time we were able to photograph back in June again, my summer was already booked with high school seniors mm-hmm. because that, you know, that was outdoors and, and that's something that they kind of need to do in their yeah. life. And, and I found that parents wanted to give their kids a better, bigger experience because they were missing out on a lot on the school right. end. So this right. was something that they could give them. So they were, you know, booking bigger sessions, their orders were bigger, mm-hmm. they were ordering bigger products and um, they just wanted to have that amazing experience. And so I actually had a really busy year last year. So are you not going into then this year? Um, I'm not phased very much by last no. year or are you, are you essentially taking the, the same attitude and mindset into this year that you just always yeah. do? I, yeah, I am rebooking, finally rebooking the women that I had to postpone yeah. last year. So yeah. I'm trying to rebook them into the, you know, by the end of June, when my summer starts with my seniors, yeah. but the seniors come, you know, you have faith in, in my, you know, I do have this little fear, like every spring, I go, oh my gosh, what if nobody calls me, you know, right. but um, I'm, you know, I'm taking steps in my marketing and, you know, word of mouth and, and I know that I know they're, they're starting to call already and I know they'll, my summer will fill up and right. I honestly don't really think about it. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I don't, I'm not letting COVID stop me unless unless there's like a governor saying, okay, right. stop. Right, but, right, right. Unless the law says stop. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, you know, because, you know, the safety obviously is number one important. Of course. But, um, but at this point, it seems like everything is starting to open up. People are getting mm-hmm. vaccinated. And I honestly don't feel that it's going to be, um, it'll be less of an issue than it was last summer. Sure. You know, but luckily I'm in a market with the seniors that, um, and families too. I mean, they came in droves in this, in the fall. So, um, yeah, I'm just taking it one day at a time and positively. I think your positive attitude (laughs) is something that everyone can learn from myself included. Yeah. And if there's any naysayers, I'm happy to have a conversation with you. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hope you don't regret saying that. I won't. I won't. I love talking to people and hearing their stories and, yeah. you know, hopefully, oh, me too. you know. Good. Well, I, I appreciate you spending time and telling me yours. This was wonderful. Thank you. It and was really, really fun really, chatting really with you. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and, until next time, and maybe we'll see each other in person someday. Absolutely. Well, when you come to Minnesota, let me know. I'll take you up for lunch. Thanks for joining me. All right. Thank you.